Hey everybody, welcome to the Whiskey Sessions Podcast. This is episode 129. Amet's here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great. And the number 29, 28 and 29 were a little slim for mm-hmm. NBA players, but this is a person who spent his final season in 2000 with the below, your beloved CL Supersonics, Purvis Ellison. Ooh, interesting. He had a really good nickname, which was Never Nervous Purvis. Do you think it was true? Or do you I think was he was maybe nervous sometimes? I'm sure he was sometimes nervous, but then I also like the mean-spirited nickname that I think Danny Ainge gave him because he had a lot of injury problems later in his career, and he called him Out of Service Purvis. Wow. Danny Ainge. Pretty brutal. Yeah. I remember I had Danny Ainge, at, I think, either the top of my list or very close to the top of my list for very most annoying NBA players. And... I didn't even know about this wrinkle, but I'll just say Danny Ainge deserved whatever place on my list he got. I think this reinforces your ranking. Oh, absolutely. Um, All right. We're going to talk about whiskeys. Before we do that, we got to talk about uh, what you're drinking beer wise. What do you got in the tall can there? This is a local beer um, from Dundee, East Dundee, black and gray brewing. It's called Cesar Chavez. Ooh, Nice. And it's got a little thing that says boycott grapes. Yes. I'm 14. And it's like a Mexican lager dedicated to Cesar Chavez. I like, I like the can. Yeah. It's really cool. All their good design. Black and, yeah. Black and gray, of course, is the brewery name. So they, all their cans are just different shades of black and gray. And they have very interesting mix of beers and designs for other beers. I like it. I'm drinking a local beer myself. That is also a black can. Although it's got a little bit of a gold and it's four point. This is just my, my classic go-to beer KSA. It's a Kolsch style, uh, but it's, it's good. I love a good Kolsch or Kolsch style, Kolsch mm-hmm. style ale. They're so good. What are you thinking about yours? It's really good. I think it's more, it's probably something I would prefer to drink in the summer. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of a winter storm, but guess what? It's beer and it's good. There you go. I see you're also sporting the San Francisco Brewing Co. sweatshirt. Very sharp. Yes. I bought it on a whim when we were there, and it's my favorite hoodie. That's a good one. Is it? Was that your last time on a plane? Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, as soon as this is all over, you, the two of you have got to make it out again. We got to see some more Bay Area things. Oh, absolutely. And I want to go back. I want to see new things, but I also want to go back to get another SF Bruco hoodie too. Yeah. I'm thinking back to the trip you and Lisa made in it. We managed to actually do, I feel like a lot. We did. Yeah. I remember like we did go up to Russian river brewing. We also Mm -hmm. went to a winery. Yeah. Uh, It was awesome. Yeah. And that Bruco. (laughs) Actually, I remember we did get, uh, onto a, uh, one of the cable cars, but we were waiting for it for like an eternity. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why we had to wait for it so long, but it did take a while. It was worth it because it was a good experience, but it was for some reason just like a rant. It was like it was just backed up or something. A lot of people waiting at that time or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, looking forward to the next trip for sure. And I also every like not every day, but very frequently think about some of the food I had there the vegan cuisine in, in the Bay area is I've only experienced two or three restaurants, but the ones I had were 
very memorable experiences. Everything was delicious. They were good. The, the place that we went to on the night of your wedding, uh, Greens. Greens, was so good. Unbelievable. From the moment we walked in, it was just like they had, you know, they acknowledged that we had just gotten married and like mm-hmm. we had some drinks and we had just a great time. That was great. It was in an interesting area. Uh, is that like, what is it called? Fort Mason area. And it was next, next to a cool bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Mexican place we went to in the mission was good. I didn't even know, like there was a vegan donut place in Oakland that I thought that place was good too. Oh yeah. That was, like, there were some, some good options out there. Um, I guess not surprising to me that maybe the Bay area is, is pretty vegan friendly but it was fun to actually like search for places that otherwise I wouldn't really be looking. Yeah. And then Burma superstar, which I know that you guys like anyway, but it was very easy to eat vegan there and it was delicious. Definitely Burma superstar for whatever reason. Um, Maggie's pregnant and it has, I don't want to like say changed the food that she likes that much, but I think it has a little bit, but for whatever reason, Burma superstar where she gets a noodle dish and the ramen place, Atani that we like a lot. Uh, that's a noodle dish. She's like out on during her pregnancy, oh, which is like okay. such a bummer. And I'm, <laughs> I think it's like all, uh, like Asian leaning noodle dishes. She now finds like totally unappealing. So yeah, something in the, in the taste profile, maybe it's weird. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Hmm. Uh, well, you have a force break. break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're eating a ton of pizza. <laughs> hey, I mean, pizza's delicious, man. Pizza is delicious. Here's the other thing, though. Elena used to love pizza, our daughter. The last time we got it, she didn't want it. <gasps> no oh, daughter no. of mine refuses pizza. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, have a stern talking to? <laughs> I Not yet. I... What I'm cho- the approach I'm choosing to take is being so appalled, but silently that maybe she gets the idea that like, this is not acceptable. If that doesn't work, then she'll have the stern talking to you're, you're using the shunning approach, the Amish. Absolutely. Shunning approach. Yes. Yes. I give everybody who disappoints me just the silent treatment all the time. Yes. I think it works really well. I think so. You never have to wonder where you stand because if you're talking to me, then I know that I'm, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, I have a whiskey. It's uh, the same brand uh, that I tried two episodes ago. Uh, but two episodes ago, I had Pinhooks, their bourbon, and now I'm drinking their straight rye whiskey. So again, this is Pinhook. Another it's, just lovely bottle. Right? It's like definitely like a wine bottle. It's their Kentucky straight rye whiskey. Uh, it's um, got some more horse related stats at the top for some reason, but it's 98 proof, 49% alcohol by volume. So pretty serious. And uh, yeah, it says every year Pinhook releases new bourbons and ryes that showcase the best ast- attributes of our barrels. After meticulous barrel selection and blending, we find the perfect proof for each expression giving the vintage a character as unique as the thoroughbred on the label. I kind of think this is exactly the same message that was on the bourbon bottle that I read two episodes ago. Could be wrong, I suppose, but I think it is. 
Hey, they put a lot of effort into designing the bottles, so you can't expect them to also write new stuff every time. Yeah, for every type of whiskey, <laughs> a whole new two sentences. Forget no, it. No, there's only so much money to go around. <laughs> yeah. All right, I've got it on the rocks. Uh, it's actually been sitting on a second. For some reason, I, I, I poured it a little bit earlier than I meant to, uh, but it's in my classic whiskey drinking glass. Uh, one big ice cube, giving a sniff. It looks like a mid, uh, not too light, not too dark right in the middle. No, I think for a rye, it seems like it's right in that sweet spot. It has a pretty, pretty robust smell. It's, I don't sense like a, like a strong spice that I might get from a rye. It actually is kind of a more caramely smell to me. I'm very excited for this because I don't think you drink rye as often as I do. No, I I really don't. I don't think I, I actively look for them as much as I should, but I, I think that's a goal I want to have for this year is to do that a little bit more. I like it. And now we're kicking it off with the first one. Yeah. Right, I'm taking a step. What what do we have here? You're deep in thought. I have deep in thought. It's like very, it gave me a full like mouth and nose hit like pretty immediately. And in fact, it's the spices going into my nasal cavity a little bit, not in like a terrible way, but like both Maggie and I have had what I am assuming are allergies, but we really haven't gotten COVID tests uh, for the last like five days. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because it's, I, I think it's because it's been raining here a lot and there might be like mold or something like that. Mm. Um, but so I've, I've had a bit of the sniffles and this kind of just like wham, hit me right right there which i kind of like for from having, yeah. uh, the sniffles it's like a, bit, a little bit of medicine a little bit it kind of i haven't found whiskey to always effectively work as medicine but when it does it does and i feel like it's working right now but hey we're, we try it anytime anything's slightly wrong with me let's see if whiskey helps yeah so it it has a rye appropriate amount of spiciness but it's not killing me with it Okay. I even feel like it has just this like slight, slight fruitiness, but mm. I can't put my finger on it. That's a nice bonus treat with a rye if they've got yeah. a little floral undertone. It does seem like it's it's got something that's a little sweeter than I expected, but I do like it. Uh, I'm going to give it another sip. Back to the well. Back to the whiskey well. Yeah. Yeah, this one again, this... I'm got like a harder hit on that second sip, which makes me think I should be like cleansing my palate between sips sometimes. Cause this seems to happen again and again where the second sip hits me the hardest. And I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like if I was leaning smooth train, I I'd take a s step back before boarding that train, at least uh -huh. with the whiskey. I'm like, well, hold on. You're standing on the edge of the step and you're like holding it. I am. The conductor is saying, we're leaving the station. You take that third sip now and decide. The I seam whistle is going off. Yeah. Is it? Is it going to be able to get on the train? Or is somebody just waiting at the platform with a heavy, heavy boot about to kick it off? What happens is you're carrying the whiskey. You're always getting on the train the same way. You're carrying the whiskey under your right arm. Uh -huh. And every train that you might get on, every smooth train comes at every door with a boot that kicks right into that spot. So if you if you activate the boot, it just kicks it straight <laughs> off and it shatters on the platform. That's it's happens. like extra cruel for the whiskey, too, because they think they're getting on the train. And it forces into slow motion time. 
so that it yes. looks like bullet time and it just like shatters that's what happens what this reminds me of and i, I don't want to get too far off track but i want to give some time between my second sip and my third sip but like another season of the bachelor slash bachelorette wrapped up uh, a couple of weeks ago and the new one is starting already but I always think it's particularly cruel at the end of the show. This doesn't always happen, but it sometimes happens. Um, especially if it's the bachelorette, they'll still have two guys propose, actually propose. And one of them will be rejected mid proposal, which I think is like just awful. Like yeah, they should have told them earlier. And that's what oh. I feel like the equivalent is of me being so close to getting this this whiskey either on the smooth train or giving it the boot. And then last second, when it thinks it's getting on the smooth train, just giving it the boot. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of the whiskey of this rye. Think about it for a second and give it that third sip and make a definitive decision. The third sip. It's like the rubber match. And it's like the seventh game in mm -hmm. a best of seven NBA playoff series. What do we have? The third sip. A little more even. I like that I gave it a little more spice. Does again, it still has that nice spice that nice spiciness. It kind of just like is sitting on the back of my tongue a little bit and giving me a little bit of like a, a numbing sensation. I will say though, I, it's not a perfect whiskey, but I do like it. And I'm putting it on the smooth train. Woohoo! Two for two for this distillery. Yeah, Pinhook, Kentucky Straight, Rye Whiskey. Go ahead and check it out. It's not unreasonably priced. I'll, I kind of forget what the price point exactly was, um, but it's a cool looking bottle too. I think it was like around 30, maybe 35. Oh, that's great. And uh, Yeah, no, it's good. If you're looking for another rye to try where I think it's got like a little bit more sweetness than you might expect in a rye, about the same or slightly less spiciness, but it's good. My, uh, I would like to look for it. I don't know if I can find it in the Midwest, but I'm going to see if I can. You know, I mean, you should, this it's like, it's out of Kentucky. I, I would hope it wouldn't be impossible to find there. Okay, good. I don't know if it's like, yeah. It's I just haven't seen it before. I'll be on the lookout though. Cause I want to try it. Yeah, definitely be on the lookout. I, those are the only two, the bourbon and the rye were the only two that I saw from Pinhook. So there's maybe there's more out there though. That'll have to check out. All right, uh, we got a top five list to get to, and I'll be honest, I kind of dropped the ball. I didn't even tee this off at the beginning of the episode. So people have been lying in wait, laying in wait, trying to figure out what we're talking about. Uh, and this one affects anybody. If you have thought about buying a house, if you live in a house, if you've rented apartments, when you are house shopping or apartment hunting or whatever the case might be, we're talking about the five things you're looking for. Some of these, like we have a house, we bought a house a couple of years ago. Some of these things we have, some of these things we don't that are on my list. But in, in giving, given a little of time, this, these are the things that I found to be the most important things. What, what were you taking into account when you put together this list, BPIM? I've been thinking a lot about the things I've had to pay for and repairs I've had to make to the house that we own. Yeah. That'll probably come through very clearly on this list. <laughs> through gritted teeth. Yes. Um, all right. I think it's pretty straightforward. We should probably just get into it. 
These are our top five features that you want in a house or apartment. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, my number five, my number five is a little more apartment leaning than house leaning, but I wanted to bring it up anyway, because if you don't have this in an apartment, well, you're not getting it. And if you don't have this in a house, you could install it, but it would actually be a pretty big pain in the ass, I think. Uh, so I would expect it to come with an apartment or a house. Otherwise, forget about it. It's dishwasher. I will, I will not have housing without a dishwasher ever again. This That's is an honorable. Put my foot down. Yeah, it's an honorable mention for me. We don't have one at our house. We had one at our apartment. You don't have one at your house. We How don't. And we actually, I do the dishes. Well, Lisa does the dishes too, but I mainly do the dishes and I just kind of have gotten used to it and I don't really mm. mind it. But we do not even have like a place in our kitchen that we could put a dishwasher in. So that is why I had this on my list. I moved it off because I I feel like it's something that you can get around fairly decently although i do definitely understand the appeal especially for like hard to clean dishes being able to like just load up a dishwasher and run it is great but we we honestly didn't know this until we've owned our house but there's not a place in our kitchen we could easily install one so yeah i, I think that's what i'm saying too like if you don't yeah. have one even if you have a house and you theoretically could buy one and modify your house ever you want like it'd be pretty in some situations, I'm assuming, including yours, it would be really difficult or expensive to actually do it. Yeah, there's not a place in our layout of our kitchen where we could like install one under our cabinets. We'd have to completely change the layout of the kitchen to do it. Could you put the dishwasher like do you have high top shelf cabinets where you could put the dishwasher like way up there, like maybe eight feet high? <laughs> we do have super high cabinets that I love because I get to hide stuff up there because Lisa can't reach them nice yeah we we didn't have a good space to put our microwave so our microwave is on top of our fridge and it's pretty high but it's just like our microwave is like hilariously high hey that's good for safety reasons too with your children that is true it's gonna take a long time for them to be able to reach that oh yeah can't like accidentally like pull the microwave on top of themselves either exactly uh what's your number five my number five is something I never would have thought of until now I have this at our house, but our house is built on a concrete slab. There is no basement and I love it. That's kind of awesome. It just makes it so that it's a whole level of your house. You don't have to worry about. I feel like basements are ripe with like, I know people who need multiple sump pumps and they have like all these issues with their basement and we just don't have that. Like it's, I, I don't, I know that you get extra space with a basement, but I love the fact that we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I I do love some of the extra space that our basement provides, but it floods. It's flooding right now because it's rained for a week straight. And I like am sometimes afraid to check down there. I'll just hear the sump pump going off a bunch. And thank God we got our sump pump fixed because it didn't work when we bought this place. Uh, but yeah, that thing is working overtime. It floods constantly. I don't even know why it floods as much as it does. It sucks. Yeah. Big time. You can't put anything on the floor. So it's like good for storage, but I have to keep everything elevated. Yeah. Or I know people who have the way that their basement floods, they have to put everything like towards the middle because like mm -hmm. the edges of their basement flood. And it's just like, oh. Yeah. The sump pump is stupidly not even in the lowest point of the basement. I think that's part of the problem with it. Yeah. But no, that's a great call. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I hate worrying about it flooding. And I feel like it floods so often. I'm concerned that it's like doing some kind of like lasting damage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not, I, I, I think, um, for the most, I've heard like, I mean, just depending on the geography of where you live and whatever, like it sometimes is unavoidable. And I think it's probably not catastrophic or anything like that, but it's just like a pain in the ass. You don't want to have to think about, right? Like, yeah, there's water coming in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a great call. Uh, we used to like in Seattle, my childhood home, it wouldn't, the basement would not flood very often, but on a couple of occasions it did. It was a big pain in the ass because it was carpeted. And yeah. we used like a, a shop vac to suck the water out of the carpet, which is oddly effective. I didn't know oh, yeah. shop vac would work that well for that, but like, yeah, it's just a pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. My number four is hardwood floors. Love Excellent. Them. Except we have hardwood floors now, which are great, but they're old. And I can tell they have issues. I've like caught a lot of splinters in my foot and there are some spots like on our floor where like you can kind of repair them, but they're, I think at some point we might just have to replace the floors completely. And I don't even want to think about like how much that would be, Mm -hmm. but I do love hardware floors. And I will say like the back part of our house, or at least the kitchen is laminate. And at least according to our dog, the laminate is much more slick than the hardwood floor because he slides like Scooby-Doo style on the laminate all the time. Yeah. And I feel bad for him because uh, he cannot round a corner in the kitchen. Yeah. But, I think yeah. they are just based on what they're made out of. Mm-hmm. Or it depends on the wood probably too of the wood floor. But Yeah. But love a good hardware floor. It just feels cozy to me. Yep. Uh, all right. What is your number four? My number four is something, another thing I never would have thought of until I, I've owned, Lisa and I bought our house in 2017. So we're coming up on five years. Nice. Of, just to give people an idea of my experience before that we rented. And we, one thing I did not know to look for, but now we will whenever we move um, is how many and how conveniently placed are the hose hookups on the outside of your house? Ooh. Because we have one that is very inconveniently placed, and that's it. And it's in the front. So we have to run a hose to the back for the hose in the backyard. And no it's just back hookup. No back hookup. And the one that is in the front is very poorly installed. So it's so close to the house that it's almost impossible to hook anything up to it. So it's just a nightmare all around. I never would have thought about that beforehand. That, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. That's annoying. We, our house does, and we have owned since November of 2019. So only a little over two years, but uh, we do have two hose hookups on both sides of the house, but we only have one outdoor outlet in the back of the house. Mm, which that's another is, good point. That is, an, it, it is on my honorable mentions, but that's pretty annoying. Yeah. I was trying to do Christmas lights for the front of the house only. And I bought like a hundred foot extension cord, which by the way, outdoor extension cords are really expensive. Yeah. They're like a dollar a foot. Wait a minute. So you paid a hundred dollars for an extension yes. cord? Oh my God. <laughs> well, it was two fifty foot extension cords, but they, it was like, I, 
I went to the hardware store. First of all, I think they were labeled incorrectly price-wise. They were, they still were going to be expensive, but not as expensive as they ended up being. But I think they were like, it was hard to tell what shelf was where and what price was applying to what. And the line was really long and, and I had Elena. And so they got up, they said what everything cost. I'm like, wait, what? But everybody was behind me and it was like, I was like, fine, whatever. You bought the platinum encrusted. I did. They look better. They look better. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I just don't think in retrospect, I needed to do that. Yeah. You have the fanciest extension cords I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great call out though. Um, It's hard to look for those kind of things. It's just, yeah, you're so, no, yeah, you're so, I mean, we didn't look for a really long time. We kind of, made an impulse decision on our house. We really liked the backyard the way it looked. We were like, well, let's go for it. And it worked out. But I know now, like if I'm looking and I'm really considering a lot of houses, these are the little minutiae things that it's like, we could get other hose hookups installed. It's going to be expensive, annoying, and difficult. And when they're already there in a good way and somebody thought it out when they built the house, you don't have to worry about that. That's like a, that's just something, it's not going to make my decision, but it's going to be a really high up on the, on the list of considerations. Yep. Uh, no, good call out. Good hoses are not that cheap either. No. We bought yeah, these like, right. crappy hoses that have already like broken in several areas. And I'm kind of bummed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they had pretty high reviews on Amazon, but I'm like, ah, they suck. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my number three, which we don't have, but uh, we could potentially maybe have one start one is a fireplace. Mm. I, I like that fireplaces as just like, like a central focal point of a living room. I, I don't like a TV as being like the focal point. Like I, I kind of like that space. Uh, so I, I would love to have a fireplace. Our house has a chimney, uh, which is in, uh, at least what, from what I've heard, not in a great state of repair. I wouldn't say it looks like it's falling apart, but it looks like it needs a little love. I think you were going to say, but it sounds like it's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, there you go. that would not be good. <laughs> um, but it, uh, they like wherever the fireplace was in our living room, they just walled over it. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I suppose what we could do is maybe break through the wall and then like build. I, I don't know that we will do this, but like a, a new fireplace with the existing chimney. Uh, here's what we'll do. When, when when Lisa and I come out to visit, I'll bring my Kool-Aid man costume mm-hmm. and I'll bust through your wall. And then I love it. Have a fireplace. <laughs> okay. I like it. We're going to yeah. do that. We'll have to. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't even know like what I've had fireplaces Just, in apartments in Chicago and our last house in Oakland had one too. I don't even know what the ideal fireplace even looks like. I don't care if it's like brick or stone or whatever. I do like a good stone fireplace or actually either, either way you're right. It just looks nice. Yeah. But yeah, big fireplace, man. I actually had this higher on my list at first, but then I realized like, this is one of Maggie's favorite things too. And I probably put it too high on my list just because she really likes them. I also like them. Don't get me wrong, but I I probably couldn't put it higher than three. Mm Hmm. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is abundant installed ceiling lighting. Ooh, man. I feel like this is a, a misstep on my part and not having it. 
it's but it's you're it's still just right. if it's not already there i i can tell you from having priced this out when we got an electrician to come fix like an, a lighting we, we had a really old poorly installed lighting fixture in our ceiling in our hallway mm-hmm. that we had to get like redone basically to get a light installed and i asked him to give me a rough estimate of um what it would cost to install lighting and and wire it to switches because we just don't have a lot of it it's all lamps in our house and he was he i don't remember the specific price that it was but i just know that it was a lot more than i thought it was and we did not do it (laughs) and i was like and and this was like yeah and it was not even going to be fancy at all it was just going to be like um like led based lights that were going to be just functional and it was it was so expensive and i was like oh it's another thing where now i'm going to notice that like if a place has that already it's just something that you won't have to shell out any money to get yeah it's uh that kind of thing really makes a difference i don't you know that and like making sure you have like good windows but like i I don't like spaces that are going to feel like dark all the time right yeah um, I feel like I'm even more sensitive to that than other people. Cause I like, I just notice when people keep their houses like a little bit dark and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really good one. My number two is kitchen counter space. Oh my Great God. Call. I cook a lot. Um, and I just, I need this. Like our kitchen when we bought this house has like, okay. Counter space. But luckily, the kitchen itself is big enough that Maggie found like a really good island just on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or something that I just went over to the guy's house and got it. It was like 50 bucks or something like that. And it's awesome. And it just adds more counter space for us. But I think it's like so critical to have good counter space or the ability to get good counter space. Yep. That's one I overlooked, but it's very true. We got like a, a kind of not super expensive, but we got like this. We have an, we had an island when we bought the house, which you might remember. You guys were here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just once because of the time. Yeah, I think, no, it was probably a couple times. I've been there at least a couple of times. Yeah. And there's that island in the kitchen by the chalkboard wall. And we had to get like a new wood for that, for the top of it. Cause it was just in disrepair basically. But that like serves as, supplemental counter space for us otherwise we would have like next to none it's pretty much just like right by the sink and between the stove and the sink on the other side like it's very minimal and it is it's a pain like it's hard to do anything so that's a big thing to have yeah definitely a big one what's your number two my number two is those wood floors Ooh. I think it's just because I, we're going to get them before we sell this house and it's going to be expensive and it's going to be a pain because you have to move everything. The, the room I'm in right now, the office where I record has wood floors and our kitchen has them, but the rest of the house does not. And we're just going to end up getting all the other rooms done. So, I mean, it's nice. going to be thousands of dollars, but it's just for the resale value now. I mean, for a small house like we have, we just have, you have to have it because people are looking for that. So what, yeah, have you got an estimate for it already? No, we have not. We, but I just know. I mean, it's the people I know that have, like Carl does it himself. So I mean, he is able to buy the product and then mm-hmm. install it. But if you if you don't have that expertise or the willingness to do that, like it's just expensive. Yeah, it's expensive sure. proposition. I will say, willingness to install my own floors is none. Expertise is sub none. 
Correct. I'm in the same boat. If you rated those on a scale of one to a hundred, I'd have negative a thousand on both. Yeah. And I'll be candid. Like if I tried to undertake that is a danger to life. I, I would explode something. <laughs> yes. Without a doubt. For sure. I, I and my loved ones would be in great, great danger <laughs> if I undertake that. We could not even have like a reality show where we both try to install wooden floors because it would be, there would be no insurance company that would no right <laughs> absolutely not there are like a few things i will not even attempt on my house like i the thing i did that i'm probably most proud of is like i did install grass myself hey that's pretty good but like i i will never touch our plumbing i will never oh. try to do the floors and most of all i will not even consider the electrical work no no, never. That is like I did install your death. I installed the Nest thermostat, which Whoa, I, I'm good. pretty, I'm pretty shocked. It did have minor electrical, which was literally like capping wires. Mm-hmm. So I have done that, but anything beyond that, there's no way I would ever touch it. Capping wires is several steps beyond what I've even done. No, that's so congratulations. I, yes, thank you. I, that was the whole reason for this podcast was me to brag about it. So um, all right, we're down to it. Our number ones. My number one is just give me a good yard. Like I am super happy that our house like has, it's on a corner lot. So it kind of has a, a side yard and it has a backyard and it's just, it's just been nice. Like we have a dog and a kid and the dog can poop in a place that the kid does not have to run through that poop. There's like enough separation in space. But yeah, so many of the other homes we looked at either had like almost no yards or like really minimal yards or just like one little concrete slab or something like that. And I'm super glad, especially during the pandemic, that we went with a place that, that we were able to get a place that like had a yard. Yeah, that is, that is it's under, I mean, when you don't have it, you notice it like, yeah, that's for sure. That's a great number one. And I feel like here where you can like, kind of be outside all the time and be fine. Like it's especially critical. Yeah. Um, all right. I really agree with that. Your number one. My number one is a relatively new roof. Do you, I, I feel like this hits home particularly for you. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm not going to go into the full background of this, but basically we had an old roof, not as old as I thought it was after learning, like when it was actually installed, but it was not great. And we had a tree fall and put a hole in a roof that was to the extent that it could not be repaired. It had to be replaced fully based on the code in our town, which is good to protect us as homeowners because we should, you know, not have to lose value on our house because of an accident, but it made the process of getting that work done so ridiculous with our insurance company that it took us over a year to fully get the roof done we still have not finished replacing. We don't have a new shed. This ha- we had an incident happen in mid July of 2020, and we just in the last couple months got the roof stuff finalized. It was a nightmare, and I can't, I don't wish it on anybody. So I, now I know what to look for in a roof because I've looked at millions of them at, at like around mm-hmm. this area because that's all I can look at now. Like when I'm seeing houses, but. And now I know what to look for. And just, I, I'll, that's all I can say is make sure nothing's perfect, but just don't buy a house with like a crappy looking roof on it. Yeah. That's a great call. And hearing your just 
plight about it, it, it honestly felt like a comedy of errors for how long it was taken, even when they were able to do the work, other things that they were messing up in the process. Yeah. They dropped a sheet of plywood through the ceiling in our utility room <laughs> as the job was done. Now I will say it does look great now and that is fixed. So it's all done, but we still have it. I mean, we still have, we did learn from that though. Like a lot of stuff about tree maintenance and mm-hmm. a lot of things, a lot of lessons that I now have, but I wish I didn't have them this way. <laughs> yeah. I, I like our last place and it was an apartment, but it was like the apartment was two thirds of a house had a redwood that was a hundred feet tall, probably maybe even taller in the backyard. And there were moments about that tree that like scared the bejesus out of me. Like this would destroy this house if it landed. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Um, our neighborhood now has like no big trees period. And uh, our biggest tree on our property is probably is either the lemon tree or the avocado tree, but either way, like they're, 15 feet tall or 12 to 15 oh, yeah. feet tall. So it's like That's they're great. not doing any damage to the house. They wouldn't even hit any part of it if they fell. Yeah. Uh, so that's nice to not worry about, but still, yeah, that's tough. We, we just have tons and tons. Of, uh, it's beautiful. Streamwood is known as like the variety and the amount of trees and old trees here. It's like what it's known for. Mm-hmm. So there's just a ton of like really old oak trees that are super tall and heavy and, you know, stuff happens, but it's just knowing now like what not only like the value it has but just like the level of nonsense you have to go through to like deal with the problem with a roof is just it's just beyond belief so if you can find a house with a new roof that's a that's a bonus do it uh do you have any honorable mentions um let's see i think i did um oh yeah dishwasher which i mentioned also these are a few um pricey things to replace they're not deal breakers but if you can you get a house that has a pretty new ac heater and a furnace and water heater those Mm -hmm. are great things coming from somebody who has had to replace all three of those since we bought this house um yeah (laughs) it's uh it does add up it's it helps if they stagger like at least a year apart you can afford it it's not a catastrophic thing but it's just annoying so our water heater stopped working like really soon after we bought this house. Yeah. Same here. We had to get a whole new one, but he did our plumber like significantly upgraded the way that it was installed and like the safety and stuff like that. So there's benefits to all this stuff, but it's just, you don't want to have to pay for all of it. Yeah. All right. The person that we got installed us, I I don't want to say they scammed us because ultimately I don't care, but like, they're like, okay, so it's this much for a 50 gallon water heater. I was like, all right, I guess that seems right. Go go for it. Thinking that he was replacing our old water heater, which I assumed was also 50 gallons. Yeah. But it wasn't. Our old one was 40. And he like gave us a bigger one without ever telling us it's bigger. Oh, okay. But we don't ever run out of hot water. I will say that. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a great one. I I mentioned outdoor outlets as being something that's important. Um, you mentioned it with the basement, but this is, this was top of mind for me either. You got to have an awesome sump pump or just like no flooding. Right. I don't know how you yeah. know there's no flooding. I wouldn't trust any report that says there's no flooding. No, but the, you can tell based on also the gradation of like the area you live in, I think too. Like if you're in a valley or something like that, it's going to flood. Yeah. Um, I like 
I like built-ins, like a built-in hutch, which we have in this house or a bookshelf or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. I'm putting in on behalf of our daughter, Elena. But ceiling fans, we don't have any ceiling fans in this house. And whenever we go to somebody else's house, it's the first thing she looks for. I love them. They're great. She loves ceiling fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the last thing is no stray cats. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) We have lots of stray cats in this neighborhood. And... We had outdoor furniture that was wicker and they destroyed it. Oh no. Yeah, never mind that like they like poop uh like all over the place. But like we have to only get metal outdoor furniture, I guess. They've like destroyed everything else. I that's those a bummer. Damn cats. And there's like nothing you can do about them. Even the yeah. code in Oakland is like they're like, well, get them like spayed or neutered if you call them in we'll send somebody else out to do it, but make sure you trap the cat first. I'm like, okay, well, one, I have no idea how to do that. I'm not even going to attempt to trap one of these cats. <laughs> Secondly, after they spay and neuter it, they, they want you to be responsible for taking care of the cat after that. Like what? No. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. That's I mean, insane. There are people out there that like cats better than I do, I guess. I don't know. But like, if somebody wants to come to our neighborhood to take the four to five cats I see on a regular basis, please do. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> yes. We need a uh, cat lady who has really good trapping skills to come <laughs> over to your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, all right. People who have things in a house or an apartment uh, features that you're looking for, go ahead and hit us up on our um our Twitter that's at whiskey sessions, or you can email us whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. And we will read your email on a future episode, Uh, but we got to get to the emails for this episode. Uh, So let's get to them. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them. All right. Be pimp. What do we got in the old email inbox? Our old friend, Doug is back. Mm. He's in Detroit. And he's thinking about band names. And this time he says, Dear Whiskey Sessions, I've been listening to the cars. How does an automobile sing? That is a great, great question. And Doug, I, I got to tell you again, buddy, um, Rico Kasich is a person and he's the one who sings. Yeah. <laughs> but I get where the confusion would come in. If you're like, huh, that song by the cars. And well, okay. I guess you could get yourself to believe that a car is able to use the pistons to play the drums or something like that i don't know that that was the thing i was gonna ask like he's only confounded by the singing and not the playing of all instruments yeah because they had a lot of like synths and stuff like there's so there's got to be some manipulation of keys happening which would be hard yeah so i don't know i mean i like that he's exploring all the band options i I feel like he might be taking it a little bit too literally (laughs) but maybe not Maybe not. I also, I do like the variety that he's going into. I want to know like where he's getting, like what, what is this journey he's on where he's just now learning about these bands? How old is he? I have a lot of questions about Doug. Really hard to tell. The bands are all over the place. Yeah. Um, All right. I've got another email that says, Hey all, I went back and listened to your song ruffles recently, a truly wonderful ode to a fine ship question. If you were to have another song about a food product, what would get the honor? And this is from Guth's. Gus, excuse me, in Ithaca, New York. Hmm. 
That's a good question, Gus. I'm a big fan of hummus. I like to, t- I, feel, I feel like I find myself talking about hummus more than I ever thought I would. So maybe mm-hmm. like an ode to garbanzo beans, maybe like a Weird Al, Weird Al style parody song. I'd like that. Is there, are you making your own hummus a lot or is there a particular brand you like to go with? I make my own and I also buy Sabra a lot. So we could do like a, instead of Abracadabra, the Steve Miller band song, we could do Sabra. Sabra Cadabra. Sabra, Sabra Cadabra. <laughs> I like it. Done. The yeah. song writes itself. Pretty much. We're done already. Yeah. <laughs> it's out. <laughs> um, all right. If you got an email you want to send us, uh, again, send it to whiskey sessions music at gmail.com. Of course, you can tweet at us. That's at whiskey sessions. And we'll read your emails and tweets on a future episode. But that does it for this episode. 129 in the books any words of wisdom be pimp that you want to leave our listeners with um eat hummus it's delicious you can dip any vegetable in it pretty much and yeah it's also good with chips pita chips chips. it's good stuff yes uh sage words if there ever were you could even put a little bit of sage in there i think it'd be fine you can put some sage in your hummus i don't think there's i don't think the spice police will no (laughs) stop you fucking spice police <laughs> damn it they're always on our ass um, alright until next time this is A. Metz saying peace out and B. Pimp see you later <laughs> <laughs>